scenario. Yeah. And this that's is not the good. danger. Yeah. Cause what you're showing people when you're so self-consumed, nobody around you matters. You are the only one who matters and screw everyone else. Yeah. As long as I'm taken care of, who cares about everyone else? Yeah. Welcome to the Creating Love Together podcast. We are your host, Tim and Jamie Holloway. And we come at you twice a week, giving you the lowdown on everything. Everything. That sounded juicy. It did. <laughs> All right. We are back. Welcome to the Creating Love Together podcast. We are back at it again. Woo-hoo. <laughs> you are so cute. Yeah. And so that's why I always let you start the podcast because you're you. so cute. Thank you. <laughs> we're going to dive right into um, what we're talking about because um, we're just a bit of a continuation of where what we were talking about the last episode. But that was what do you think is the hardest aspect when it comes to communicating effectively inside of relationships? So we left off of really uh, communicating expectations but then a little bit of surrender in the process that that doesn't mean that people are always going to meet our expectations. And should we, uh, you know, get uh, bent out of shape and frustrated all the time because people are not meeting them or should we communicate them to gain and offer incentive or some sort of consequences? Because, uh, when it comes to parenting and or employee relationship, we cannot, you know, of course, continue to allow our expectations not to be met yeah. and uh, we need to recommunicate <clears throat> them and stuff. So, we're going to dive into some of the answers that we got. The first one was this. This is patience and thinking before you speak. That what do you is think about that? so huge. Yeah. Because like, okay, so we're arguing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is hard to imagine us actually doing because we don't argue. But so we're frustrated. We're really mad at each other. And what is the first thing you do? Your wall has gone up. You are in self-defense mode and you're going to attack the other person. Yeah. You are going to say all sorts of things that you don't actually mean. Mm -hmm. So that goes into being patient with the other person, realizing they're upset too. And think before you speak. Yeah. Do you really want to call your husband an asshole? Right. Do you really want to call your wife a bitch? Yeah. You know, I think, um, (laughs) I think having a, a, a mindset of, let's face it that whatever we are mad at another person for if we would be honest with ourselves we have done the same thing yeah and so i think it all starts with this reality first is that it doesn't really matter what i'm accusing somebody of i have uh, demonstrated the same behavior at some point in my life so this leads to patience. I'm, I need to be patient with people because we're all members of humanity and we're all going to fail at some point. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So if I get mad at the kids for lying, then I need to check myself and say, have I ever lied? Cool. That's so good. <laughs> right? Yeah. I really get like, I can't get too bent out of shape about it just because... I am a member of this human race that has done the same thing. Yeah. So I think uh, this is what leads to compassion and stuff. I think parents forget um, how much trouble they got into. Yeah. How much they lied. 
how much whatever and like we have like selective memory of some of the situations and the things that we've been in and i think we should remember at times so we can uh be patient and have compassion and um really put ourselves in another person's shoes yeah that's super good yeah who was one of the next ones uh, i think we can, before you speak i think this is important for men because um especially when we're young we're very impulsive yeah and that is that um we say things that we were triggered and we respond in anger and we say things that we don't mean. So, um, I think the key in this is really giving space between the trigger and response and actually thinking things through. I had to learn this inside the treatment center because I was triggered like at least a dozen times in a day. Oh yeah. Um, over and over again, repeatedly, uh, repeatedly these, these, um, at risk youth push your buttons. So my natural inclination was to fight. Um, and that a couple times, yeah, physical, you know, my natural inclination was to physically fight, but in more cases, my natural inclination was to, uh, fight fire with fire yeah, and then really step up and, and, and be angry. And, uh, I can imagine how that would play out in a relationship and that probably wouldn't go over too well. No. <laughs> So thinking before you speak is really a good one. All yeah, right, that's good. we'll go to the next one. Understanding that what you're saying might not be what is heard. <laughs> go ahead and give your comment on oh that. Oh my gosh, that one is so good. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to make sure that everything is being communicated correctly. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes when you and I are talking, even just a discussion, like not argument, we'll just be having a conversation. And you'll say something and I'll be like, I don't quite understand that. Can you explain it a different way? Yeah. Because I want to make sure that what you said was actually what I heard. Yeah. Um, or so there's many times I will be saying something. I'll be like, maybe I should explain that a little bit differently. Yeah. Because I want to make sure that what I'm actually saying is what the other person is hearing. Because you could tell me something and you think you're saying it very clearly, um, but what actually enters my mind is totally different. Yeah. So it's important to be really clear about what you're saying. And if maybe the person you're talking to kind of gives you a funny look, or maybe they pause and they look like they're thinking, maybe they didn't understand you. Yeah. So maybe you need to say it in a different way. Yeah. So I got a... Um a very similar take on this and that is that or actually a kind of reverse take it's it's kind of on the other side if i'm a fearful and insecure mm-hmm. and you say like a positive statement that maybe gives some feedback to uh, some behavior that i'm doing or something like that um, it doesn't really matter how you said it it's how i took it because yeah. like i'm fearful and i'm insecure i'm taking it as an attack um, because I'm not open to feedback. I'm not open to changing my behavior. So like understanding that in the process too, is that your intentions could be good yeah, and you can be communicating something. Um, but that had a subconscious trigger in the other person and they felt like you were attacking. So once again, that's, you're saying something yeah. and you're communicating something and it's like positive for another person's benefit to give them feedback, to encourage and support them. But what's being heard is, I didn't measure up to your standards and you don't like me right now. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, and that's so good going along with what I said, because I'm talking from the communicators part. Yeah. You were just talking from the receptors part. Yeah. So, you know, as a person listening, maybe you should be like, okay, um, they just said, I love you in a funny way. So were they actually saying you're an asshole? <laughs> so what you should do, you know, okay, Clarify. this is what they said. See what people Could do? this be what they really meant? Yeah. What Ask them. People do is thank you. What people do is leave the situation with their stories. Yeah. So people don't really uh, interpret things on, uh, on fact, they interpret how it made them feel. So during yeah. the conversation, if they feel this feeling of fear and insecurity, um, it doesn't matter what is said. That's what they're going to take away from it. So ask them. Yeah. I'm going to be self-aware enough that you just trigger feelings of fear inside of me that I'm going to ask you to clarify what you meant. Because what I feel is that you are criticizing me for not measuring up. Yeah. Right. And just really like being honest about it instead of um, what we often tend to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, what you just said was so, <clears throat> so good. Um, because you're right often, like how many times and everybody does this, you're in a situation and somebody does something and you look at it as this is what they're actually doing. Yeah. Um, like there's a specific moment that's coming to my mind and I'm not going to share it, but you know, simply ask the other person. Yeah. You did this. I interpreted it as this. Is this what you actually did? Is this yeah. what you were meaning? Yeah. Um, and I'd say because 99, yeah. 9 of the time, that is not what I said. That is not what I did. And that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good stuff. All right. The next question is this. I, I saw something recently that said, listen, not to reply but to understand. That's, That's good. That is good. Yeah. Especially like inside of this podcast, like when you trigger a thought, uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking about my reply. You yes. know what I mean? And we have like a tendency to do that. Uh, I imagine in this podcast it is very important because when it's my turn, I need to have something to say, Yeah. but you know, inside of a normal communication, um, we should probably stop our wandering thoughts of what we're going to say next and, and just really be in the moment. Yeah. Well, and imagine like having a conversation and listening to the other person and not replying. Yeah. And you're just listening to them. Yeah. You know, like as a woman, you just want to communicate something to your, your husband. Um, you just want to get something off your chest. What's the man want to do? He wants to come in and fix it. Yeah. So as a woman, I'm communicating to you. I'm frustrated. As a man, you're looking at me like, I want to fix that. Yeah. What if instead of coming at it as fixing it, just been like, that does sound very frustrated and or frustrating. Like leave enough silence for the, it to continue. Yeah. Because, yeah, if like we're communicating and it's something going on, then, yeah, jumping in, trying to fix the problem or offer advice and all these different things um, may not be as beneficial as allowing that space to um, continue talking, continue just getting the stuff out. And yeah, so I could see very yeah. beneficial. Yeah, that's yeah, super good. Beneficial. 
accepting that some people are not are not natural communicators. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a cop out. <laughs> yes, we're all communicating some way or fashion. I think um, you know, inside of body language, uh, we're communicating uh, nonverbal cues. Like we are communicating creatures. Yeah, like we're constantly communicating. Um, it may not be with our words. So I think sometimes. Uh, men are not very good communicators with their words, um, but they are constantly communicating. It would be weird scientifically to figure out how much communication we gave in a, in a certain day. It it would blow our minds. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, it's just that it's your opinion. It's what you think is happening. It's what you think is being communicated. And that's why it's important for you to come back if you're not understanding or maybe I'm hearing you right. Maybe I'm hearing you wrong to just simply say, can you please explain that? Yeah. Um, not everybody will take that the right way. Um, you know, in the past, um, I've been in situations where it's like, I'm not, sh I don't understand what you're saying. Can you say it in a different way? And they would come back at me like, I said it as clear as I needed to say <laughs> and would get mad at me. And I was like, no, I'm just trying to have good communication and I'm not understanding. So when you come back at somebody, I'm not quite sure what you said. I'm not sure I understood you correctly or I don't know what you meant. Don't be mad at that person. Yeah. They're trying to have good communication and just make sure that they heard you correctly. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Really yeah. Good. That's really good. So we're going to talk about our conversation, our pillow talk. We're going to let you inside. Oh, I didn't know this was X-rated. <laughs> of our pillow talk. <laughs> Guys, get ready for this. No, so we had some pillow talk. Uh, last we, night. We, we often do. Yeah. Um, but last night we we're talking about self-care and, um, <clears throat> and the extremes. Um, so go ahead yeah. and uh, say a little bit about what we're talking about. So, you know, self-care is like super important. It really is. So I don't want you to take this conversation as if we're saying self-care is a bad thing because we're not. Self-care is very important for everybody. Mm -hmm. But like all things, no matter how good something is for you, too much of a good thing is bad. Yeah. You can eat something that's healthy, but if you eat 10 pounds of it, is that good for you? Right, right. You know? Yeah. Um, so all things in moderation. Um, and I think we're kind of at a place in society where the whole self-care movement is out of balance. Yeah. Um, it's out of moderation. Um, rather than like, for me, a self-care item is getting my hair, my hair colored. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going gray. I have been for 20 years now. Um, and I'm not comfortable with the way my hair looks when the gray comes through. So a self-care Thing that I do for myself is I go get my hair colored. Mm -hmm. Um, some people it might be pedicures, might be manicures, back massages, like whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, oh, for self care, we have to do it every single day, morning, noon, and night. And you have to spend all your money on your self care. And your self-care is more important than somebody else. Right, right. And it just becomes a very self-centered 
scenario. Yeah, I could see that. So um, I totally agree that anything good can become detrimental uh, out of moderation. And I think that, um, you know, the kind of pendulum swings. And so inside of, you know, American culture, it was all about us. Uh, you know, you know, maybe after the wars and different stuff. And there was this common community of, of the overall good of, of everybody and, and nothing, the individual didn't matter. And so it was just about this corporate social sort of thing. And then it kind of swings the other direction where individuals are, are, are the sole importance. Yeah. And this is where I think we're currently at right now. Yes. That, uh, individual, um, uh, care, individual likes, individual thriving is more important than uh, uh, families thriving, communities thriving. Yeah. We're kind of seeing the manifestation of that inside of life today. But, you know, I take this personally to myself and say, okay, am the, is the self-care that I am doing, am I going overboard with it? Yeah. Like, is it too much? And I think we should really think about that, especially um, because we, we, as you know, people my age have produced this massive therapy generation Yeah, who is just over therapied and, and, uh, over, uh, self-involved and self-concerned and all of these different things where it's, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit scary right now. It is, you know, because so often it's like, um, you see all these people that they're so, I don't know if self-indulge or self-consumed, self-consumed. Uh, Thank I'm you. I'm consumed with what I want, what I think and what I feel how, like a lot. Yeah. How would it make you feel if I was that way? Yeah. I'm going to go get my hair done. I'm going to go get my nails done. I'm going to go get a pedicure. I'm going to get a massage and I'm going to make a little self-care basket with some little foo-foo color crayons and, and I'm going to take a bubble bath every single day and, and, and I'm going to do this for me and like, I'm doing all these things every single day for me. Yeah. But I'm so consumed in me, I don't do anything for you. Yeah, that's where How does that make you feel? Yeah. Well, I don't matter. What I want, what I think, what I feel doesn't matter. And that you're overly involved in your own self-interest. That there's there's no mutual um, connection. We're not becoming one. Uh, your your needs are, are put above any needs of, of mine and or the family. And there's just, yeah, just self-consumed, self-involved sort of scenario. Yeah. And this that's is not the good. danger. Yeah. Cause what you're showing people when you're so self-consumed, nobody around you matters. You are the only one who matters and screw everyone else. Yeah. As long as I'm taken care of who cares about everyone else. Yeah. So I think, uh, self-improvement has become the, uh, the end all be all mm -hmm. when in actuality, in my perspective, um, I want to improve so I could show up inside my marriage in an improved fashion. And so I can show up inside of my family and then so I can show up for other people and stand in power and be in strength. So the ultimate goal of my improvement is to manifest my full potential in the whole area of life. Now, where we get off track is that I am going to improve myself and to care for myself and to love myself. And it doesn't have an end all goal to really uh, for the betterment of my relationship, my family or my community. Yeah. That's where I think we're getting off track. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, that's where I think this um, this self involvedness uh, has become. It's it's a little uh, scary. <laughs> it is because you see all these. I don't really see it so much in people. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I really see it in people our age or people people older than this. Um, they definitely have their self care items, but they're very aware of those around them and they care for those around them. I'm seeing this more in the younger generation. Yeah. Um, definitely the teenagers, definitely the 20 year olds and the 30 year olds. But I think maybe closer to 40, they kind of maybe are getting, they're not so much into it. Yeah. Am I, am I right or wrong? Well, I or? think, um, so I didn't have, when I was a teenager, I didn't have the information that, you know, our kids have. Yeah. I didn't have access to a lot of things that they have. Um, so there was no really opportunity to be over positive, over therapied, mm -hmm. uh, because that just wasn't like the environment. But now when you're saturated with the internet, with, uh, uh, positive thinking, which I think is one of the most detrimental things that we can. So explain okay. that so people don't think okay. you're crazy. <laughs> All right. So you don't think I'm crazy. There is a part of us that needs to be grounded in reality and no amount of positivity is going to change that. In fact, positivity may not uh, cause us to not want to look at the facts and yes. because the facts are not very positive. Right. And so you're like, I'm not going to look at that because I'm just going to stay positive or I must be in this positive mode at all times. And I'm not really willing to look at life's inevitabilities. Like there are things in life that are inevitable to happen. You are going, you are going to uh, bury loved ones. You are going to probably lose a job at some time. You are going to, uh, you, your bank account is going to be overdrawn. Like these are actually inevitabilities of life. And if we can't like uh, look at those inevitabilities and begin to understand that these these events will happen to us, then um, we're putting our heads in the sand. Yeah. You know, and that's where I think this this positive therapy and this positive mindset generation is it, it produces a sense of entitlement that life is supposed to be good when reality like. You shouldn't be surprised that your parents get a divorce. Like, yeah. you know, 50, 60% of, of parents get a divorce. Like, so I don't know what set, like the expectation of, of this perfection or life is supposed to be perfect and, and all of this stuff. And I think it comes a lot from the, the, um, over therapy and in the positive mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I think so much of this generation, they just, they can't handle negativity they can't that's handle good, reality one. yeah because let's be real life can suck yeah but if you are living in a way where everything is just rainbows and unicorns and roses yeah and then you lose your job or you lose a family member or a friend you can't even handle it yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about is that you know, when we set our expectations up to this rainbow and unicorn life, um, life is going to slap us around. Yeah. Uh, life is going to teach us otherwise. And the reality is, is that we're not going to have the grit um, to really sustain life. So that means that we, we go into addictions mm -hmm. and or very detrimental behaviors because we don't know how to cope. 
Yeah. And so that's what I think the the danger of the you know, and part of this is because you know I buried both my parents at in my uh, mid twenties, and uh, experienced a lot of things that that people don't usually experience until they're forty, fifty, sixty years old. That um, you know, a lot of the pain that I've experienced, you know, I have already gone through, but a lot of other people's pain is still in their future, and. Um, you know, I think really understanding like there are, th we're not getting out of this place alive and <laughs> we're not carrying anything with us. Yeah. Now this might sound a little bit morbid, but the, the more that we can connect to the reality of life and, and understanding the inevitables, the more happy and, and fulfilled that we're going to be because when these inevitables happen, it doesn't kill us. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, how do we get this generation to go from the self-centered, self-indulged um, life to being more grounded? Yeah. Well, for me, it's uh, it, it would be coming back to a more tried and true uh, paradigm and mindset, you know, uh, maybe in philosophy and stoicism and stuff and really get grounded in determination and grit and understanding that um that life is a series of challenges and that i am inside this to to uh, face those challenges and to overcome them to build my own personal character and my personal grit that's what i think is missing in society yeah well and i think it goes into like a holistic lifestyle it does yeah um because if you're living in this self-care world and again self-care is good but not to the extreme. Yeah. Um, and when you're in the self-care world or whatever you want to call it to the extreme, you are not living holistically. That's true. Because yeah. you are only living for yourself. You're yeah. not, you know, what about your spiritual life? Yeah. What about, you know, your life with either your kids or your parents, depending on what age you are. Um, you're, you're just focusing on, one of the four areas that we like to focus on, which is God or spirituality, um, parenthood, self, and yeah. your spouse. Um, you're focusing on one area out of four. Yeah, that's good. You're losing a lot. Yeah. When you're so self-centered. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, there's another <laughs> thing about this um, positive mindset is lying to yourself. Yeah. So like this positivity movement of positive affirmations and um, telling yourself these positive things, they they basically say lie to yourself repeatedly and you'll begin to believe the lie and or it'll begin to manifest in your life. So what this is, is that I have more money than I can handle. Say that over and over again to yourself. I have more money than I can ever handle. Now, I want you to think about this. Do you have more money than you can ever handle? Is that reality? Yeah. No. So we're lying to ourselves. Exactly. And so we're saying these false affirmations and your brain's not falling for it. Your, your brain is uh, throwing <laughs> your imposter syndrome. You're lying. You're not telling yourself the truth and all these different things. So, so that's another detrimental thing about the positivity mindset is like, I can't lie to myself repeatedly and think that my life is going to be somehow good. Yeah. No, I'm just lying to myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with having a positive mindset. I have a very positive mindset. Yeah. I can find 
something positive in almost every situation. Um, but the difference is, is I am very grounded. Yeah. I, I can accept the negatives, negativity in life. I can accept, you know, these sad things. I can, I can accept life as it is. But the difference is, is for me is like, okay, life can suck right now, but you know what? There's still good things out there. Yeah. So here's what, like, that's a perfect example. So my positive affirmation in that would be, um, so I would face reality, this situation. I am facing a challenge. This challenge is pretty big. Um, and then I would begin to affirm to myself that I have the ability to choose inside of this situation and that I have enough strength to surmount this challenge. Yeah. Those would be very positive uh, statements to, yeah. to make in my life. And they're true. Do I have the ability to decide? Yes. Uh, do I have the, the strength and resources necessary to get through this? Most likely, if not, you can get them. So maybe you should affirm that, yeah. you know, I can get the, what I need to overcome the situation. Both of those are affirming radical truths inside of your life, but that's not what's usually portrayed as this positive uh, no. uh, statement. It's, it's lying to yourself. You know? Well, and then you're disappointed <clears throat> in the end because here, you know, even though I'm in this situation and it sucks and, and I'm broken and, and uh, my car might be repossessed and all these bad things, but you're telling yourself, life is amazing. Look at the butterfly. <laughs> There's yeah. a rainbow. Let, let me find um, a positive out of my car being repossessed and me, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, no, I should really look at, uh, 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 Focusing on my choices, what choices are bringing this, how am I causing or allowing this to take place, what better choices can I make to get better results. All of these are like grounded in reality uh, instead of, you know, trying to find some benefit. The benefit is, is that well, life is trying to slap you in your face and tell you that you need to begin to make better decisions. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. what, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. not very positive. And yeah. so like saying those, uh, uh, statements, you know, they automatically get rejected because I'm going to stay in my positive mojo. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, you know, and oftentimes you're not acknowledging how bad things are, you know, because mm -hmm. you're just in this quote unquote positive mindset. How many situations for you and for me, have we been in the depths, right? Yeah. We've Sucky been in the situation. depths. Yeah. How, how many of those situations We've made it through, obviously, 100% of them we've made it through. Yeah. Um, but how many of them can we look back and we can learn life lessons? Yeah. Might not be positive, but it can be like, oh, I did X, Y, and Z, and this is what I got from it. I am not going to do that again. Yeah. Or I would do it differently. Or, you know, you can just find... You can find life lessons in every situation you're in. But if you're so stuck in that positive a mindset that you're not going to be able to find. Yeah. I, I imagine too, that you would, you would, uh, mentally resist and oppose any negative situation in your life. Yeah. And you're going to so run would, from it. Yeah. We would judge that situation as bad. And what do we do from bad things? We run from bad things. Yeah. Uh, we naturally have this aversion and this, uh, uh, to anything and resistance to anything that is going to hurt us or harm us. Uh, it's a built-in mechanism. So immediately when we judge a situation as uh, bad, then we're going to want to oppose and resist that situation, you know, when in actuality it could be good. 
I was just going to say that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if you, you're looking at a situation, that's going to be a bad situation. I shouldn't do that. It's going to be hard. Um, it, it might not bring me happiness, but what happens if you actually go into that situation and it turns out completely different than you're expecting and it changes your whole life yeah. for the better. But a positive mindset would never go there because, you know, that wouldn't, that situation uh, would be one of pain and, you know, the mind in this positive mindset is going to avoid any form of pain when reality it's the pain that gets us the gain and it's yeah. those situations that uh, are not so positive that really uh, get us. So if we're trying to stay in all of these positive situations and all of this stuff, then uh, we're going to miss out on the growth. Yeah. Yeah. That is so good. All right. Think about the areas of your relationship that is to God, your spouse, your children, and to yourself and uh, really begin to ask yourself, are you, are you grounded inside a reality? Are you willing to look at where you actually are in those areas of your life and begin to own them? Yeah. Own them. Love it. 